Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. This is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. Every week I have a different guest. We just have a conversation together about what they're doing in their Catholic faith. Sometimes it's a convert who's come to the Catholic faith from a different Christian denomination or from a different religion altogether or from atheism. Sometimes we talk to people involved in the arts, literature, architecture, music. We also are involved with those who have apostolates, involved in the new evangelization pro-life work, involved in peace and justice issues around the country, trying to share with people our enthusiasm for the Catholic faith and trying to show that the Catholic faith is not just a list of rules and regulations or a list of dogmas and doctrines to believe or not just a, a method of worship or something where you go and punch your time clock every Sunday for an hour, but instead it's the fullness of life. It's the abundant life which Jesus Christ has brought us. One of those who's involved in helping to spread the good news of the Catholic faith in America in a wonderful and dynamic way is my guest today. Tom Peterson is the founder and director of Catholics Come Home, a wonderful evangelistic ministry which uses the power of the new media to be able to communicate the Catholic faith and to welcome especially lapsed Catholics back to their faith and back to an active practice of their faith. Tom, welcome to More Christianity. Hey, it's good to be with you, Father. Now, Tom, you and I met uh, a few months ago when I was down in Atlanta, where you're based, and uh, you shared with me some of the remarkable stories of Catholics Come Home and how God is using that and blessing it, not just in the United States now, but I think around the world. Weren't you in the Vatican presenting your work to some some people there? Well, we we have presented at several pontifical councils of the Vatican, and the last time I was there, I presented at the uh, Council on the New Evangelization, and it was a real blessing. It's, uh, It's awesome to be in Rome. Did you meet anybody there at that time named Cardinal Borgoglio from Argentina? I wish. <laughs> I wish. That would have been fun. I don't know about you, but I'm impressed with him. I think he, he really has uh, an evangelist's heart. I think he loves people. I think he longs to bring people into the Catholic faith, and um, I'm excited by this new pontificate. Yeah, Pope Francis has that authenticity that we all crave. I think he became an instant, you know, instantly beloved by the world, and that's not only Catholics, but former Catholics, mm-hmm. Protestants, Evangelicals, people in other faith denominations. They saw that humility and that compassion and love in his eyes and in his little cute little wave and in his gentle demeanor and in his life that he's led that's so humble and authentic. And that's, that's the same authenticity Christ calls us to. I think so. And, and you know, underneath all of this, the, the pontificate, the Vatican, the Catholic faith, and all of our wonderful traditions is this core value, which not only Pope Francis, but Pope Benedict and Pope John Paul II have still tried to assert and emphasize in their evangelistic work around the world. And that is that at the heart of it all, we're talking about a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. We're talking about being there in our everyday workaday world, and he appears on the, on the shore and says, drop your nets and follow me. Yay or nay, are you, going, are you going to do this or not? Now, Tom, you had a moment just about like that when you were involved in advertising, I believe, and, and the media and were very successful, and God led you in a different path. Can you tell our listeners a bit about that? You bet. You know, I was a hard-driving young advertising executive, and I was blessed by God with a lot of talents, but they kind of went to my head and my ego, and I kept uh, you know striving for more money and more monuments to my ego and you know more cars and homes and all that stuff, and I was out of control. And you know, I I never missed mass, but I really wasn't there. I didn't take my faith that seriously. But through God's grace, a couple of friends from church invited me to the married men's retreat, and I went on it and. 
you know, during a time of adoration uh, in front of the Eucharist, God wrapped his arms around me and invited me to downsize and simplify my life. Those were the exact words I heard in my heart, downsize and simplify. Really? And I knew immediately that God was calling me to get rid of all those distractions I had that prevented me from truly following him. And that light switch went off, Father, and uh, the adventure began. One of the... Uh, hot-button issues for Catholics is is this question of wealth and our possessions. And you said it very well. God called you to downsize and simplify. He didn't tell you that all those things were evil and bad. In, in other words, and, and you also came back and said, they were the things which were keeping me from this 100% commitment to God and his work. Can you talk a bit more about that relationship that you had? Because you described to me a pretty big house. Where was it, Arizona? Or yeah, it was in Arizona, and I was making a couple hundred thousand a year in my late 20s and early 30s, and I had a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's not the stuff. I mean, when you look back at St. Anne and St. Joachim, the grandparents of Jesus, the Blessed Mother's parents, they were very wealthy people. Mm-hmm. But they gave one-third to the poor, one-third to the church, and they lived off the remaining third. You know, what God is calling us to is not a life of poverty, but a life where we center on him and we make him our primary focus, and all the other stuff kind of falls into place. That wasn't what I was doing. I was putting all that money and the accolades and my accomplishments as my God, and God was taking a second or a third seat. That's not how it's supposed to be. And I think all of us have those, those temptations and distractions. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's sporting events. Maybe it's our job. Maybe it's something else. But there's something or things that will often put in the primary position where God wants to be first and should be first and deserves to be. He's given us everything, and he calls for our hearts. And I learned that lesson very quickly during that retreat. And I'll tell you, I still struggle with it. There are times where I fall. And thank God for the sacrament of reconciliation. Confession puts us back you know, on, on track. And we have to fight those temptations, those, those habits we have every day, and choose Christ. And so the retreat was a pivotal experience, a life-changing pinnacle for me. But I have to admit to you, I'm not there. I mean, I'm trying, and I'm on my journey like all your listeners are. And we just have to try every day to help each other, to love each other to heaven, and to really focus on Christ, to keep him as our primary, primary focus. And the sacrament of reconciliation, uh, you know, receive frequent reception of the Eucharist, go into daily Mass if possible, the Rosary, these are all wonderful tools to help keep us, as well as reading the Bible and, and adoration, keep us on the you know, straight path to Christ. As somebody said, conversion is the action of a moment, and it's the action of a lifetime. So we do have these milestones, these markers as we go, in which we have these, you know, that the light bulb goes off and we have one of those aha moments. And, and as you said, the Lord spoke to you, and you're not embarrassed to actually admit that. It doesn't mean that you're crazy if you, if you hear the Lord speaking to you, especially you have a real conviction that this is something that you need to act on, that you need to do. And praise God that you did. You've now used your talents. You say you were active in the, it was the advertising industry. Isn't that right, Tom? Yeah, I, I was. And, you know, how delighted I was when God called me to use those talents in advertising to serve the church. And I got a phone call and, you know, I was invited to do the first, what is now looked at as the first Catholics Come Home program in Phoenix, where 3,000 people returned. Uh, subsequently, we've had other, you know, program where 92,000 people have come back to the church after running the, the evangelicals for several weeks uh, in various places around the country. But, uh, you know, amazingly how delighted I was that God called me to use these, this area that I was so excited about to serve him. And, you know, that's the misnomer many people have, whether they're young people or maybe, you know, people at any stage in life, that we're afraid that when we say yes to God, our lives are going to get mundane and boring and dry and uneventful. And that's the devil telling us that. 
It's just the opposite. Father, you know in your priestly vocation, and I know in my vocation as a father and a husband and as an ad guy who's now running a nonprofit doing good stuff for the Lord and the church, that when we say yes to God and we fully invest in him, our lives get rich, they get uh, they get beautiful, and, and the fulfillment of our heart comes true. This is why we were born, to do this particular vocation. God calls us and he has equipped us with these talents and interests to serve him and serve others. I can honestly say, hand on my heart, that I have never met anybody who's working in the Lord's service, whether they're a priest, a, a pastor, a, a missionary, a, a social worker, a teacher, whatever it is. I've never met any of them who's genuinely following a vocation and working in the Lord's service who's unhappy. They might have moments of stress. They're going to have personal problems. They're going to have difficulties like everybody else does. But there's a deep and abiding happiness in knowing that they've responded to God's call they dropped the nets, they did follow him, and he's led them on this terrific adventure. So you were an advertising executive, you were, you were busy in the new media, and you got this idea for what you call evangelmercials. In other words, television commercials telling people about the Catholic faith. How did it all start? Well, it started when the Diocese of Phoenix called me and said, Pope John Paul II has asked us to invite people home for the Jubilee 2000. So in 1997, 1998, we started creating these evangelicals, the first generation of them. And we put them on TV and we put a few on radio and some print ads out there, but TV worked the best. And you know how delighted we were that 3,000 people showed up to open houses saying, I've been away, some of them as much as 35 years. And they said, thank you for inviting me home. I didn't know I was welcome. I didn't know God or the church would want me back. Thank you for inviting me home. And, you know, we've asked people over the years, and it's been about 15 years now, why did you come home? And the vast majority of the parishes report the same response from the returnees. Mm -hmm. I came home because you invited me. Right. And, Father, that's exactly the message I talk about in my new book, Catholics Come Home, God's Extraordinary Plan for Your Life. There are millions of souls out there that are waiting for you and I in our workplaces, our school, our families, our neighborhoods, to just simply reach out and have enough love in our heart to care enough and have that courage to invite them home as well. Someone has said that the most effective form of evangelism is just that, going and inviting one other person. We cringe at the idea of evangelism as if we're going to have to stand on a street corner wearing a sandwich board saying, repent the day of the Lord is at hand, you know, and, and be preaching and waving a Bible or going around knocking on doors like Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, I'm not knocking all of that. If you want to do that, it's fine. But it's really these person-to-person, heart-to-heart relationships where we do take a, an interest in other people and, and invite them to meet Jesus Christ. Now, your evangelicals went out in Arizona, and they had a good result. How did it expand from there? Well, as soon as we ran those, we were going to keep it quiet because we were going to perfect you know, the formula, make sure we had everything in line. But the, the media got a hold of it, and it went worldwide. We had you know, hundreds of thousands of visitors to the website, and soon we had dioceses calling us saying, we want to do it too. So we ran the second one and the third one. Now we've run 35 Catholics Come Home campaigns in various archdioceses and dioceses throughout North America uh, and some worldwide in the last four years, and we've had three national campaigns, one that's been on NBC and CBS and Telemundo and all the national uh, networks, first time in history, no one's ever done it before, and then we ran one in all of this, the bowl games for college football championships featuring Coach Lou Holtz coaching us to heaven, and then you might also remember we ran in all of the Bible miniseries episodes where we had our epic ad, the history and beauty and spirituality of our Catholic Church, running in all those episodes, generating 75,000 web hits, 15,000 within 10 minutes on the first airing at 10 p.m. 
p.m. that caused the website to crash. And these were a lot of non-Catholics saying, I'm curious, tell me more about your faith. What a great way to spread the good news of Jesus and his church. What do you do after you get all these responses? Uh, By the way, uh, for those who are listening and are excited by this wonderful work that's going on, you can learn more about it at the Catholics Come Home website. It's real easy, catholicscomehome.org. That's catholicscomehome.org. When you open up to the homepage, there are three church doors there. One of them says, I'm not Catholic. One says, I'm not currently attending Mass. And the other, I'm blessed to be Catholic. You click on there and go through the appropriate door to learn more. Tom, what happens next? Depending on what the person's needs are and what their questions are, uh, they'll go through the appropriate door and find the right resources or click on the Mass Time Finder or whatever. And we get a lot of questions that we field, and uh, we love doing that, and a lot of people have come back to church. But the vast majority of people don't really have a lot of questions or issues. Uh, Most people who have drifted away from the faith, they used to be Catholic, they were born Catholic, they just haven't been to Mass in a while. Perhaps it's nine years on the average is what we're finding. Uh, they just said, you know, I got out of the habit. I don't hate God. I don't hate the church. I just got distracted. The world kind of caught me, and I started sleeping in on Sunday, or I went on vacation and missed Mass, and then I missed it a second time, and then I just stopped going altogether. You know, there's some reason that has drawn them away. And they said, when I saw those ads, uh, we hear the same thing over and over again. You know, I teared up, and I said, I need to get right with God. And they rush right to Mass or confession. You know, some people do come to the website to learn more, but the vast majority who see the evangelicals, they get that twinge in their heart, the Holy Spirit touches them, and they, they go back to their parish. That they, they know where it is. They pass by it every day on the way to work. And they say, we just, we just needed that reminder. You know, that reminds me of something I think G.K. Chesterton said, that you never meet a lapsed Methodist. <laughs> in <laughs> That's other, a good one. In other words, people brought up as a Catholic will claim that they're still Catholics, but they'll say they're lapsed Catholics. I guess this shows the deep-rootedness of the Catholic Catholic faith and Catholic education. Just share with you a quick story. As a priest, one of the great joys in the confessional is to actually meet some of these people. I'll be on the other side of the screen, and, and you know, most of the confessions that you hear are, are probably pretty routine, and, and some of the people who are there every week, and, and you sort of get used to it and get into a routine, and, and then suddenly, you know, you'll hear from the other side of the screen, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. I haven't been to confession for 35 years, and you, I have to stop. Stop myself from gasping because of the joy of this. How wonderful that here is somebody that we can welcome home. You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. My special guest today is Tom Peterson, a former advertising executive now serving the Lord with his organization, Catholics Come Home. He produces the most high-quality evangelicals, as he calls them, commercials that go out on TV, welcoming people to come into the Catholic Church and learn more about our wonderful faith. Tom, one of the things I'm interested in here is after they hear the uh, evangelicals, they come to the website, catholicscomehome.org. Uh, there are lots of resources there, lots of books, videos, DVDs, and places for them to get in touch with their local churches and come in afresh to the Catholic Church. Tom, what happens if, say, someone in, I don't know, Cincinnati says, hey, we want to run this in, in our town? Do they have to raise the money for this? Do you have a fund which pays for the ads? Does the diocese pay for it? I mean, you have to basically go out and buy the airtime. Is that correct? Well, that's correct. But, you know, God always provides. It was funny. I was in the Adoration Chapel many years ago when we first started, and I said, Lord, how are we going to do this? And how do we raise the money? And I was all, you know, kind of anxious about it. And I remember, you know, just feeling in my heart, Tom, I've given the resources out there. They're in people's pockets now. They've got it to do it. You need to boldly ask and know that you're not asking for you. You're asking to help build the church. You're asking to help love their relatives and friends who are away. 
back to the church and ultimately to heaven. And that really gave me the boldness and courage I needed, like St. Paul talks about, to be bold, uh, saying, hey, would you help? And so we've done that. And for our national campaigns, there's a whole lot of people like your listeners who go to catholicscomehome.org. They click on the donate button to support us, and that money adds up. And I'll tell you, it's a whole lot of little people giving. Every now and then there's somebody big who gives something that, that helps a lot, but mostly it's the good, faithful people like your listeners who say, I want to help, I want to make a difference. And, you know, when we figured out how, how many people came back in Phoenix at the second campaign, 92000 we figured what we invested, it was like $1.82 per soul. I mean, what an incredible return on investment. So people think, well, what will my $20 help? It'll help a lot. It could help bring several people back to church. So it's a lot of folks like your listeners giving. And when we go to a certain diocese, whether it's the Diocese of Atlanta or Boston or Chicago or Charlotte or any diocese around, uh, we help them to raise the money necessary to run the ads heavily for six weeks. And running those evangelicals for six weeks in a given geography is powerful. We run many different ones, six or seven or eight different versions, morning, noon, and night. Some are 30 seconds long, some are two minutes long or a minute long. And I'll tell you, it really touches people's hearts, and they respond by the boatloads. I mean, St. Louis just did Catholics Come Home last, uh, last Advent, and 37,000 former Catholics, or inactive Catholics, if you will, came back to the church, thanks be to God, because of the Holy Spirit working through the Catholics Come Home ads. Where can people actually look at the ads? The evangelicals are all on our site, so if you go to catholicscomehome.org mm-hmm. and you click on one of the doors and then click on the tab at the top that says evangelicals, you're going to get a whole page full of different views. Mm-hmm. You can also view some of the most popular ones on the homepage. We have a brand new one. If you've been to our site before, come visit our new site now and see the brand new one called Families Need Mass. It should be in like the second position on the home pages when you go through those front doors. It's off to the right of the main video. You'll see uh, Families Need Mass. Click on that and watch it's powerful evangelical. The the one with Coach Lou Holtz is in it uh, that's been on all the bowl games. Or the one young people love called Movie that talks about the movie of your life. That's a powerful one. Those are all on the evangelical page, Father. Most people are very enthusiastic about your work. I have actually heard a, a criticism, though, and I expect you've heard it, too. This is all well and good, says the critic, but uh, they come through the door for Christmas or Easter, and they soon disappear again. They don't really stick. Do you accept that? Sometimes the question is heartfelt, and sometimes it's actually a smokescreen or, or not really legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I view it this way. If you had uh, a 1,000 people drowning in a lake and you took a boat and you tried to get as many people on that boat to rescue as possible, that's great. And you say, well, well, some of them are going to die soon anyway. That wouldn't mean, <laughs> mean you shouldn't rescue them. We have to reach out and throw out that rescue net and that welcome net to everybody. And, you know, what happens after that is between them and God. But we've got to try. He commands us to try as baptized Catholics to evangelize the world. And so, number one, it's our call and our duty to do it, and we don't have to worry about the results. You know, God calls us to obedience, not success. The Holy Spirit handles the rest. But when you look at a place like Phoenix, they did that, and 92,000 came back. They did a longitudinal study and found that most stayed, and most invited other people. So we can't live in a mindset of fear or what if they don't stay, or the one I hear all the time is, what are you bringing them home to? And what that means from people on the left is, you know, until you have women priests and until you allow gay marriage and until you allow abortion, you know, what are you bringing them home to? And the people on the right say, what are you bringing them home to? Our priests aren't giving good enough homilies. And what about the music? And what about the... And I say, hey, 
here's what I've learned we're bringing them home to. We're bringing them home to the church that Jesus himself started, that feeds us with the Eucharist, his own body, blood, soul, and divinity, that forgives us with the sacrament of reconciliation, and that guides us to the end of time through the Holy Spirit and will never abandon us. There is no second best. And you know what? Our call and our goal as baptized Catholics is to invite our neighbors and relatives back home to the church. Once they're there, the sacramental church feeds them, nourishes them, and guides them. And you know what? That is a, a something that, that is a beautiful relationship between them and God. If you don't stay, that's okay. In St. Louis, if, if 29,000 of the 37,000 stay, is that a good thing? I say we'll take that all day long. But in most the diocese we've worked with, we see that the longitudinal studies are showing that people are staying and they're helping others to come home. We need to do the same. I agree, and I agree the positive attitude is the best. And the other thing about that is when they do come and we say, well, what are we bringing them home to? Well, it's up to us as faithful church members to make sure that what we're bringing them home to is the very best Catholic church possible, a church that's involved in caring for the poor, a church that's involved in proclaiming the gospel, a church that's involved most of all in the reverent and beautiful worship of our Lord, so that when they do step through the gates of the church, they find a Catholic church worth staying with. We have to also remember, when we go to church and think that our particular parish is perhaps awful because, oh, we don't like the music or the homilies aren't what we want or everybody's so grumpy or whatever else, we're not having the experience of the person coming through the door who hasn't been to church for the last 25 years. They're coming in, and their experience might be exactly the opposite, that they actually find it warm, welcoming, and a friendly and good place to be. So we can't make those judgments for people. We have to do our very best, welcome people when they come, and show them most of all that Jesus Christ is there waiting for them and waiting to welcome them home into his family. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I invite you to go and visit my own blog, Standing on My Head. You can get there through my website, dwightlongenecker.com. You can browse my books and be in touch with me. I'd love to hear more from you. Before you go, Tom, and we're getting to the end of our time here, not only have you produced evangelicals to draw people back to the Catholic Church, I think you've also been actively involved in the pro-life cause. Is that right? Yeah, virtuemedia.org. That's virtuemedia.org is our pro-life website. And we've got a message from uh, Norma McCorvey, Jane Rowe, who used to be uh, the plaintiff in the abortion case, Roe v. Wade. She's now a devout pro-life Catholic helping to spread the sanctity of life message until the end of time. And uh, we've got one with uh, Dr. Elvita King, Martin Luther King's niece, who talks about her two abortions and, and how, uh, how important it is to learn the facts and, and how important it is to protect the sanctity of human life, and really good ones with kids in it, and just powerful, powerful messages on the sanctity of life. So check out virtuemedia.org and see what we're doing. In one month, Father, 23,000 young women abortion vulnerable women called in or, or emailed or texted in for help in one month when these ads ran on MTV and BET, helping to save babies for as little as $2 a life. God's using these messages to reach out and help people and sow the truth and change lives for eternity. It's our important duty to make sure that they get these messages. I encourage our listeners to go over to virtuemedia.org and have a look at those infomercials on the pro-life cause. They are so powerful. They, they really are moving and they're positive. It's not just someone screaming at you about the horrors of abortion and how terrible it is to kill babies and so forth and lots of graphic images of abortions. That kind of argumentation perhaps has a place. Your ads are showing the positive aspects of life, of parenthood, of childhood, and of old age as well, and simply saying, God's given us this great gift. Let's use it and let's love it and, and let's promote it and, and let's uphold life. So that's virtuemedia.org. Is that correct? Is that, have I got the correct address? 
Yeah, that's right, yeah. Father. And you know that we've learned from Jesus. He taught through parables. He he taught through uh, compassion. And the woman at the well or caught in adultery, what did he do? He didn't scream and yell at them, you're going to go to hell. He said, hey, let me show you a better way. And Jesus teaches us that we need to be compassionate. We need to speak the truth with love. Because bottom line is nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And people are looking for that love, and they're looking for us to be that love of Jesus in their lives. That's why Pope Francis is so popular. It's that authentic love of Christ that radiates, and he calls us to do the same and reach out to others. I'm talking to Tom Peterson, the founder of... Catholics Come Home. Tom, this powerful work that you've been doing, getting out the message of the Catholic Church and a pro-life message across our television screens, this is so important because increasingly we're relying on the screen and on visual imagery. Well, the, the evangelicals or commercials we do are, are not produced by a big team of uh, script writers and producers. It's yours truly who wakes up in the middle of the night and the good Lord you know, gets my attention somehow. And for every one we produce, a hundred go in the trash because they're my own dumb ideas and not from the Holy Spirit. So my family and, and good colleagues discern which ones are from God and which ones aren't. And then my colleague is the, uh, you know, the cameraman or the videographer who, who makes what God has given me for a message or an idea or a script look beautiful. And he brings those to life. And really it's two of us uh, with a crew of people we, we hire to do this around the world to, to make it all come to life and, and look good. So, you know, I I have to give credit to God, and it's very humbling. If I was a New York ad executive, I'd probably take more credit, but I know who I am. I'm the son of a postal worker who grew up in Gilbert, Arizona, started this in a spare bedroom, now lives in Roswell, Georgia, in a little office with one other full-time employee, a couple of part-time employees, and a couple of volunteers. And I know that I know that I know that God is great, and he's got a wonderful adventure waiting for all of us. And what's keeping you from expanding the work? Apathy on the part of dioceses who just don't think evangelization is their number one mission, and it, it is the mission of our church, or people who say, I'm too busy, or uh, people who say, well, there's other places to spend money. We've got to build a gymnasium where we're refurbishing this thing or that thing. And, you know, I think those things are all good, but the greatest good in life is to spread the gospel of Jesus and love more souls to heaven. Bishop Olmsted in Phoenix told me one time, he said, it's very hard to form people in virtue if they're not formed in faith. So in other words, if they don't know the Lord, they're not going to have the propensity to not choose abortion or to choose the right path on life issues or moral issues or marriage or any of the other pivotal moral dilemmas of our time. So by bringing people to a close relationship with Christ and setting that up so that they have that opportunity, all the other things seem to fall in line. If I have a listener out there who's coming to the point of actually hearing Jesus Christ call him to drop his nets and follow him uh, into some more uh, complete and, and uh, committed Catholic life, Tom, what would your message be to him? Because you, you've had a pivotal moment like that in your life. So what would you say to that person who's perhaps at a turning point and a pivotal point in their own life? And the bottom line is ask yourself inside your soul, are you happy? Are you really happy? And I think most of us would say no. But when we know Jesus Christ and we know what his plan is for our life, our calling in life, we have purpose, we have a mission, and it, it invigorates our heart. It makes our heart's dreams come true, and that all changes. But you know what? We have a lot of baggage. We have a lot of wounds. We have a lot of hurts from other people. We've hurt a lot of people. And one of the best ways to come home to Christ in the church is through the sacrament of reconciliation. So if you are an inactive Catholic, the confession is a great way to dump that baggage, that burden you're carrying, that guilt, that shame, and have a fresh start. We serve a God of do-overs who has not come to condemn the world, but Christ came to save us. Another way for our listeners to have this experience 
is to actually read Tom's story and hear the advice that he gives in his wonderful little book, Catholics Come Home, God's Extraordinary Plan for Your Life. That's Catholics Come Home, God's Extraordinary Plan for Your Life. And you're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Tom Peterson, thanks for being our guest. Thank you. Thank you. 